Voices are one of the biggest tools we have. It's how we communicate. The other end of that is our ears and how we listen. What we hear and then the listening of what we focus on in that hearing. Voices we've heard this morning. Voices in prayer. Voices reading. Voices singing praises to God in worship. Voices are all around us. We live in a world full of them. That you can't go a single day of complete silence in our modern world. Not without intentionality. I'll leave that in there. If somebody wanted to get away, they could, maybe. But every day we hear voices. If you have kids, you hear their voices. And kids, you hear your parents' voices. That it's important in a world filled with voices, what voices we choose to listen to. That we only have a limited amount of time. Every day only contains 24 hours. Of those 24 hours, we're only awake 16, more or less. In those hours, how much time do we spend watching TV? How much of that TV time has commercials? What are all the commercials telling us? That voices surround us by this, by that, You should live this way. You should save your money to aspire to this lifestyle. It's really interesting how we spend our time. What voices we choose to listen to. I've asked a few kids this morning, if you could come up and you can stand in front of the Lord's table, to help me a minute. Because I think this lends itself to a practical and also possibly amusing demonstration of how we spend our time and what we listen to. If all of you remember the game as kids, Simon says, Grace, Brute, Luke, Brody, come on up. You can stand in front of the Lord's table. I think you're all familiar with this game. That the game goes, if I say Simon says, and whatever I say, you do. If I don't say Simon says, you don't do it. So we're going to play a quick little game of Simon Says. Simon Says, raise your right hand. Simon Says, raise your left hand. Kneel down. See, Brody, you'd be out. Simon Says, wave your hands like you just don't care. Simon Says, put your hands on your hips. Simon says, laugh. Simon says, go sit down with your parents. That we can look pretty funny if we're not aware of whose voice we're listening to. And Scripture tells us this. There's a particular passage I want to focus on this morning, and that's John chapter 10. If you want to turn over there in your Bibles. I'm going to start in verse 1. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. 
The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out to his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and it scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down in my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and authority to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. Now it's interesting to note this next section. That it tells us the Pharisees' response, the crowd's response, the Jewish response. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and a raving man, and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon demon open the eyes of the blind? If you drop down to verse 25, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them from my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Some very bold statements from Jesus, especially to the Pharisees, that Jesus is revealing a lot here. Jesus is revealing things about himself, about who he is in relation to the sheep, in relation 
to the people. He is the shepherd. And not just any shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Jesus reveals to us at first that Jesus is the gate, that He is the gate, and there is no other way. Jesus is the good shepherd, that He will gather His sheep. Not just the sheep from this sheep pen He's talking about with the Pharisees, but from a different sheep pen as well. That Jesus will protect and give His life for His sheep. And Jesus came so we may have life and have it to the full. So these statements about Jesus, we're going to look at and break them down a little more. Jesus is the gate. It says, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. A lot of times this gate imagery is kind of lost on us. I don't know if you can tell really well. I tried to get the best picture I could. But down here where the opening is, that's a person in the gate. That's a person in the opening. They are physically the gate of the sheep pen. A lot of times we think, oh, you know, it's somebody sitting there, the gate's closed, and they're just kind of watching. The hired hand or the gatekeeper, as it's called in the passage. No, they're physically sitting there as the gate. That Jesus tells us He is the gate for His people. For His flock, all must enter through Him. Those who try to enter any other way are thieves and robbers. That Jesus will gather His sheep. He will collect them. Not just the Jewish people, but He's alluding here to including all people including the Gentiles, that they will have one flock and one shepherd. That Jesus has called each and every one of us. We're from different backgrounds, different lives. In our modern culture, we're not looking at Jew and Gentile, Hebrew and Greek. We're looking at just our different lives. Jesus has called each and every one of us, and we've heard His voice. We've come in through Him, through Him the gate. Jesus has said that He will protect and give His life for His sheep. He is the Good Shepherd. This is a big characteristic as to why the Shepherd, the Good Shepherd, is so important. That we would not have salvation without the Shepherd. We would not have salvation without Christ dying on the cross for us. We could not be a part of His flock. We couldn't have heard His voice. And Jesus came so that we could have life and have it to the full. I love this picture, the imagery of Jesus robing us in new clothes. You think back to when you were baptized. Think back to that moment when you first encountered Jesus, when you first said, I believe. That when you joined God's flock, when you encountered the Good Shepherd, that He came so that we could have life to the full. That life that, like John was talking about, that we give to other people. We help others. 
those that have experienced flooding and damage, that have debris in their pools and their yards, those in need. We have a fund here called the Good Samaritan Fund. This is pretty much the stated purpose of it, is that we can now take this life to the full that we have, and through that fund, monetarily, or even supply-wise, help someone else. That we're His hands and feet. We're a part of His flock. We heard His voice. Now, Jesus also gives some guidance here. He gives a few statements. Thieves and robbers come in by some other way than the gate. He even said that all others before him were thieves and robbers. That anyone telling you you can find salvation in some other way is not being honest with you. Someone telling you you can find salvation through something else. I think our modern thought is, you can find salvation through your own hard work. You can find salvation through the more you learn. And yes, learning can help you. Hard work can help you. But you can't find salvation except through Jesus. The sheep won't be misled. They won't follow thieves or robbers or strangers. It said even that the sheep would run from strangers. That who, this comes back to that, who are you spending your time listening to? Because Jesus says there are thieves and robbers. There are other influences out there in the world. Other things competing for our time, for our attention. We can be misled, but... If we are following Jesus, if we are devoting our time to Him, we can't be devoting our time to someone else. You can't be devoting your life to something else if you're following Him. It's an all or nothing thing. You can't kind of follow Jesus. You can't stagger after Him and then keep looking over your shoulder. It doesn't work. You have to follow completely. And lastly, thieves and robbers come in only to steal, kill, and destroy. We go back to that first point. They come in by some other way than the gate. It's hard to kind of wrap your mind around, but there are people that want you to follow them more than they want you to follow Jesus. There are people that want you to dedicate your life to something else. That they've come in some other way than through Jesus. And it's this inside influence that can be dangerous to every Christian. His sheep won't be misled to follow thieves. 
comes back to that point that if you are devoting yourself to following Jesus, if His voice is the one you're listening to all the time, then you're not going to be misled. It's a positive and encouraging thing to think of. But if you're listening to every voice that's out there, it's really hard to then pick out Jesus' voice. If you don't spend time listening for His voice, how will you recognize it when He calls out to you? If you're being called by God, by the Holy Spirit, to go and do something, we'll use John's example in a way, that there are a lot of people that incurred flood damage. And you know somebody that's had that happen. And you know they've talked to you about it and said, you know, we've got this damage or this need. You're being called in that moment to do something. To be there and support. Devote your time. You may not have the extra money to buy them a new washing machine or a new dryer. But you certainly can help them clean up their basement. You can help them dry things out. That... If we're not spending our time following Christ, all of our time, then how will we recognize His presence? How will we recognize His voice when He is calling to us, go and do this. Go serve the least of these. Put clothes on people that can't clothe themselves. Feed people that cannot feed themselves. Take care of people who cannot take care of themselves. We've been tasked to do this. It's what Christ did with His life, His ministry. He gave of Himself over and over and over until He gave everything on the cross. Now the thieves come only to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. It's hard to imagine in some ways because if you're like me, you like to think the best of people. But sometimes people, and Jesus is being bold in saying this because these are the results. This is what will happen. Whether the person's intention is to lead you astray. The fact of the matter is, if someone leads you away from God, if somebody influences you to take a step back from Jesus or just to stand still when He keeps moving. You can easily end up losing your soul. The result is still the same. I've been doing a class dealing with C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters. And the last couple of weeks have been about an insidious influence. That it's real... Tempting when you have a group of people in your life that you don't want to offend or you don't want to say, you're wrong because I know my Savior lives. You don't want to throw that because you're afraid of pushing them away. But you can end up letting them keep you from following Jesus that other voices, other influences can cause us 
to just stand still. Because that's all it takes. They don't even have to lead you away. They just have to keep you from following. And the result, as Jesus points out, is that they will steal this full life from you. They'll kill the joy you have in following Jesus. And ultimately, they'll destroy your soul. And I'm not, I don't mean that as heavy as it comes out, but it's serious business. That a lot of us have a hard time with this passage in some respects because we don't like the aspect of being called sheep necessarily. It's not an easy passage to go down, but it's a bold one. And the first thing you have to address yourself when you read this passage, when you get into it, is what kind of sheep am I? What kind of person am I? What kind of person are you? Are you a deaf sheep? Are you a fast sheep? Are you distractible, curious, intelligent, headstrong, sure-footed? Are you a sheep that's more intelligent than any other sheep in the flock? Because you need to know who you are. You need to know the good things about you. The negative things about you. You have to understand your whole being. And understand why and how to follow. Because we know who to follow. As Christians, we've already been called. And the question is, are you following the Good Shepherd's voice? And the real point of that is, all the time. Are you following Jesus every waking hour? If we went back to that clock slide, or if you think of a clock, and you think of, I'm awake 16 hours of the day. Am I following Jesus with all that I am, in every way I can, all day long. Because it's a challenge. And the thing is, we've been promised in this passage and in others. If you look and think about the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15, that when we follow Jesus, it's not trap-free. It doesn't mean the road's going to be easy. It doesn't mean we're not going to have to walk uphill doesn't mean that we might not have enough to eat or not find enough of whatever that we want at a particular time. But it does mean, if you look back at Psalms 23, the Lord, the Good Shepherd, is working for us. He's looking to give us the fullest life. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
If you think about that imagery. Jesus, our Savior, gave up His life for us. And He took it up again. He didn't just die for us. He rose for us. He leads us. That means He's going to protect you. Not that you won't experience hardship, but that you won't be alone in that hardship. Not that you won't experience times of need, but that He will find you and get you what you need in some way. Jesus is here for us. He's here with us. He leads us every day. His voice is constantly calling to us, so will you listen? Will you hear Him calling? Because if you don't spend enough time with Him, when He calls, you won't recognize His voice. It's a powerful thought. It's a scary thought. That when our Savior might call you, that you might not hear. So my plea with you today is, listen. Take time to hear His voice. Every day. Because once you miss a day, it's easy to miss two, three, four. And next thing you know, the path you were supposed to be on is that direction. And you're traveling over here. Listen for His voice. If you've not heard His voice, or if you haven't heard His voice in a long time, if you haven't been spending the time with the shepherd you need to spend, and you need prayer, or if you need encouragement, if you just need a shoulder to lean on, we're here for you. If you need to enter in through that gate, if you know Jesus, and you say, I believe in Him, if you need to come forward and commit your life to Him, to be baptized, to become part of His flock, we ask that you do so now as we stand and sing.